I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode 195 of GigPod on the weekend where everyone gained an hour. But unfortunately, you're going to lose a wee bit less than that after listening to myself, Stevie, and my co-host, Dan. And sadly, we need to talk about that game yesterday at Easter Road. So Dan, welcome back, and have you taken Red Bull in preparation for discussing one of the most chronic games of all time, yet again, when Celtic went through to Leith? Well, hello, Stevie. It's good to be back, albeit I wish under uh, better circumstances. I'm actually off the, the Red Bull at the moment, to be honest, although I did have a, a few stronger refreshments, shall we say, last night doing that local. It was, of course, a, a Halloween-themed party, a costume party, if you will. And as we discussed off-air, Stevie, I did dress up as Danny McGrain because I just went around there in my ordinary clothes. But um, boom, boom. That is comedy. And it's not going to get any uh, funnier from here, folks, I'm afraid. We might as well just wrap it up here, brother. The podcast as well. So yesterday, uh, we did a Rizzo selection. Chalk horror. Rizzo picked the right team again. And Greg Taylor, who somehow just keeps looking at stories on Instagram. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Dan, you know all about this. Uh, he's obviously telling Brendan to pick the team that Rizzo selects. I personally thought the manager got the team spot on. You could maybe argue that Tomoki Awata could have been in there. But I think Bernardo, considering how well he played during the week, the manager was well finished rights to choose him. Didn't really think he put a foot wrong, to be honest. But what was your thoughts when you saw the line-up there? Did you think it was a bit of a risk, considering you know, that team were pretty dead in their feet for 60 minutes onwards um, in the Champions League match during the week? Or did you feel that the manager did get it right, considering traditionally and historically Easter Road is a very hard place for a Brendan Rodgers team to go? And if we mixed it up too much, the chances are we could have been looking at... Zero points instead of one in the end. I didn't know that Rizzo had actually got the, the team spot on in this week's uh, Rizzo Selects over on Instagram because, as you know by now, Stevie, I'm anti-social media. 
so I haven't a clue what was on there. But I wasn't really surprised, to be honest. I think he's he's made the point continuously, Rodgers, about wanting the team to be robust and that the expectation is that they are going to have to go and play 50, 60 games in a season for Celtic. That is just the, the nature of uh, playing for this football club. So given that he's made that point several times over the last few weeks and a point we will come on to later on in terms of the real lack, I think, of quality when it comes to the the rest of the squad. I wasn't really surprised at all that he didn't ring the changes. As I say, Awata may have been in for a shout, potentially, um, but Pillow Bernardo, I thought, played well on, on Wednesday night, so I wasn't too surprised to see him get the nod. I don't think we really created a lot of chances in that first 10-15 minutes. I think the clear-cut chance came midway through the first half when Dizemaida had an effort, and it was really well saved from David Marshall. But I never really saw anything from Hibs that I, th- I felt that they were going to threaten us. But on the flip side to that, I think it became evident uh, after Maeda's miss and the two half chances that we squandered that this was going to be a game that was either going to peter out to a 0-0 and it was going to be one of the ones where in the last 10 minutes we got a goal out of nowhere. Unfortunately, it did peter out into a stalemate. But it was evident, wasn't it, Dan, that in the first half, you just knew it was going to be like a carbon copy of that game in February 2022 under Ange, which that season, I would honestly say it was one of the worst games of football I'd seen. And honestly, I can't quite put my finger on it where uh, Brendan Rodgers hasn't won there. Someone I know was saying why the Brendan Rodgers always fail at Easter Road, right? And it was uh, an excuse of wearing the black kit there. But if you remember 2017, I think we were wearing that pink one when we lost 2-1. It was a game that we could uh, steal the league. Edward scored I think and then the season after it I'm pretty sure it wasn't a black away thought we had I think it might have been the lime green one unless I'm mistaken but I I think it's a phony excuse with the black kits I would say well I believe you are mistaken the lime green uh, was the reason that we wore the pink and the two each draw and then the 2-1 defeat as well unless I'm going mental as well but that's that's my recollection of it perhaps we've heard two different versions I'm not entirely sure of that at least for example in the 0-0 with uh, St George's earlier on the season we did create chances their keeper was forced to make two or three very good saves we had obviously as you say the, the chance for Maida Palmer and McGregor that, that one I think both of them should have done a lot better in terms of just getting their head up. I think it was O'Reilly, Kyogo as well, that were free in the middle. So who knows what could have happened, obviously, if one of them does get their head up and pick a pass instead of going for goal in that situation. But um, so just far too pedestrian. It did look as though it was a team that was, as you said, dead on their feet for 30-odd minutes. On Wednesday night, it obviously put so much into that game. And then it was a classic case of the uh, Champions League hangover, as we used to get under bad old Lenny. I think as well in the first half, right, Alistair Johnston this season, potentially controversial shout. I don't think he's hit the heights of how well he can play. Certainly how well he played last season. Granted as well, he's coming back from a serious injury too in pre-season, so I'll give him his due there. That said, even a half fit out of form, AJ was way better than uh, Anthony Ralston and when Johnston went off and Ralston came on that's when I started thinking right I think we're going to be in a bit of bother here but another one I actually was reading on Kerry Dale Street that Palmer was doing some people's heads in yesterday and I think he's been so effective and he's been a great player for us so far but I can maybe see the point because there was times where Palmer was up against that right back of theirs. There was so much space for him to drive into, even in the outside if he goes and whips a ball in, for example, but he just kept cutting inside and within this maybe the first 10, 15 minutes of that game, it became oh so predictable. Don't get me wrong, I think if Palmer was fresher, that might have been different. He might have got one over uh, his opponent there. 
But yeah, it just became very, very easy to work out. And I'm hoping that's not a common theme for the rest of the season where teams start sussing out that he's not ever going to go out in the outside. He's always going to cut in. Don't want to be too critical of him. He scored a fantastic goal, obviously, in midweek and has shown glimpses of being a really good technical player, if you like. I think he does have a an end product, which I maybe was quick to judge initially. But he has produced at least a, a couple of big goals assists uh, in recent weeks. But what I would say about him is that real lack of pace, combined with, as you say, that kind of desire constantly to just cut inside, it does become pretty predictable. There's been plenty of ch- uh, instances, I should say, where it's worked this season. As I say, it's produced goals, assists, whatever it may be, but um, it was just a little bit <laughs> predictable. You'd mentioned there about Anthony Ralston coming in for uh, Alistair Johnson. It's a point we were going to make later on, but I suppose we're as well making it just now um, because we'll come on to, to discuss the second half. When you look at the options from the bench... It really is worrying, I think, in terms of the drop-off in quality. I know that a club like Celtic, you're never going to have 22 players of equal quality that can all come in and, and out of the squad, and they're all happy to do so. I don't think that's ever going to be the case, but I do think there is a worrying lack of quality. We've got 30-odd, I think it's 32 or 33 senior players at the football club. You know, in that second half, we've turned to Mikey Johnson, who, you know, let's face it, I think everyone thought he was... At Finished at Celtic, not just this summer, probably the previous summer, maybe even the summer before. <laughs> David Turnbull, who obviously scored a, a couple of goals at the start of the season, was in the team ahead of Hitati, and then I think that uh, experiment was over about as quickly as, as it had started. Anthony Alston comes on, obviously, to replace Alistair Johnson when he's injured there. I do think that is a very significant drop-off in, in quality, albeit I do take your point and agree with it that Johnson's maybe not been up to his, his usual standard so far this season. Oz came off the bench, who I think it's looked a bit of a shadow of the player um, that he was prior to, obviously, that injury he had in, in pre-season. And then James Forrest as well, who is the one that I probably want to be the least harsh on because of what he's done over a number of years for Celtic. But the injury, obviously, to Abada, then meaning that we're turning to you know, Mikey Johnson and, and James Forrest off the bench looking to go and change a game. David Turnbull, who I think will be on his way out of the club sooner rather than later. It is a massive, massive drop-off, and it is one that I do worry about going into this period now where seven games in 21 days, as much as Rogers talks about players needing to be robust and, and be prepared to play 50, 60 games this season, we are going to have to rotate. As much as there's depth there uh, in terms of the fact that there's lots and lots of senior players, I just don't think there's that quality, and I think that was evident yesterday. I don't want to be too harsh on the team and I don't want to come across that we'll be overly negative here as well. Still a beating away for home and still top of the league. It's a healthy-ish lead just now, five clear. And if you look at the places we've went to so far, the fact that we've got maximum points up until yesterday, it's a credit to the manager that he's managed to get a tune out of that squad and work out who his best team are. Mikey Johnson, again, he's a player that I feel Celtic should have let go for our sake, but also his. The fact that he's now like needing 24, he's no better. In fact, he's declined massively from the player that he was when uh, Brendan and then Lenny sort of started bringing him through in the early days, pre-COVID. I think it's unfair for him to come on to change a game. I don't think that's a position Celtic should be in. It's actually negligence, I would say, that we're in that position. Uh, am I putting that player in that position as well? to try and salvage a game for us. I think in January, we need to be ruthless with guys like Turnbull and Michael Johnston, and they 
you know, need to be moved on for the sake of their careers because I think Celtic should be looking out for what's best for them, but also these guys as well. Um, have to go and enjoy their football elsewhere. They're not really going to get a lot at Celtic anymore. So yeah, I don't want to come on sort of slating these guys when they're in a position, it's a bit of a thankless position at the moment. It shows just how effective and just how good a manager Brendan Rodgers is that he's managed to pick up pretty much until yesterday the maximum amount of points from tough away grounds. But also feel... In January, this is where we'll see just how ruthless he is. If you were him, you've got to be sort of demanding that that squad gets invested in, and you're not just talking just a million here or two million there. You've got to be spending, I would say, at least minimum five, six million on a couple of positions there. So that yesterday, if we're in positions like that again, we're bringing in actual quality from the bench and not just punts. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, absolutely. I mean, again, I'm in no doubt that 1-11, particularly domestically in Scotland, I do think we have a, a very strong team. But come January, I do think there will be changes to, to the squad. There's far too many players as it is anyway, so naturally, you know, there'll be plenty I'm imagining that will go out on loan, possibly, to, to get game time. But in terms of the actual squad as a whole, Welsh are obviously needing to, to get those players out, we really do need to bring two or three in of, of, of real quality. I think... You know, we've kind of discussed it there, but yesterday really does just go to show that when that starting 11 is underperforming, albeit obviously after the big effort that they put in on Wednesday night against Atletico Madrid, when you turn the bench, I just don't think there is any player on there that I look at thinking he can come on and he can change the game for us. Come January, Brendan Rodgers will need to be very demanding in terms of bringing in real quality additions to, to that squad. I think the Summer transfer window, with it going over old ground too much, did underwhelm quite a lot of people, um, myself included. I did think there'd be at least one or two more of real pedigree brought into positions and areas, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about closer to January time. You know, one of the big things, obviously, in his first spell here was, particularly as time went on, the kind of tension between him and the board and one or two signings that he was pushing for not being brought in. I think he does need to just go all in. Is that wonderful Tifo against uh, Bersheva said all those years ago um, in January? And I, I do think they need to give him the full backing because he's shown thus far 
even in the European games as well, where we have been, as he keeps saying, very competitive, that he is a, a top quality manager and he can clearly get the best out of this team. But equally, he needs to be given the given the tools, shall we say, in order to to do that and to then push on as well. Credit to, to him and the team so far for taking, as you say, 16 or 18 points. Obviously, it's an unbeaten start to the season still as well, so we're not wanting to be too negative. But I do think there are positions in that squad that need to be addressed in January. Um, for sure. I saw on a couple of forums as well today when I was having a glance um, before we were doing this. James Forrest was getting criticised for his miss, but what's your opinion on that one? I personally thought it was a, a difficult chance. He's, the ball's coming in at a fair pace, in swinger too. He's leaning back a wee bit, and I just feel that he's very unlucky with the effort. The amount of set pieces we got yesterday, it was typical Brendan Rodgers Celtic, wasn't it? First stint as Celtic manager, we very rarely scored from any set pieces, and yet again, Yesterday, we could have had like 50 and you just knew that we wouldn't have scored one. It's something that we've got to work on there too. So I'll ask you first about the Forest effort. Do you think it's harsh in terms of people calling it a sitter? And what are your thoughts on us attacking set pieces under Brendan? Yet again, uh, being quite lacklustre. Yeah, I do think it's a tad harsh. It's a really difficult opportunity. I think it's coming to him, obviously. At some pace, on the volley, I think he is unlucky. Um, he strikes it well enough. It obviously comes back off the crossbar. I don't think it was a sitter. Unlike the opportunity that I've had down the other end in the second half with uh, Martin Boyle, I believe it was. I think that was far more of a sitter than uh, the opportunity that, that Forrest had. But yeah, in terms of the um, set pieces, I mean, it's it's particularly for those bigger games in Europe as well. You always talk about the highest level, these marginal gains. So if you can get a goal from a set piece or create one or two big opportunities at a goal from a set piece, then of course that's something that a club like ourselves should be looking to do, particularly, as I say, up against the real top quality opposition. So I do think it is an area that would need to be addressed. I think defensive set pieces is another one. Obviously, we've lost a few poor goals off of those. So just in general, I suppose it was a criticism of Rodgers as well this time at Leicester was that they lost a lot of goals at set pieces and were perhaps pretty ineffective at the uh, at the offensive ones. So it's something that's maybe followed him, as you say, in his first spell here and then at Leicester, now back as well. So it definitely is an area, I think, to address, particularly, as I say, for those big games where it is the, the marginal gains that we're looking for or in a tight game like it was on uh, on Saturday. Do you put yesterday down just to a bad day at the office for the fact that the team put in so much against a top-quality opponent during the week in Atletico Madrid in the Champions League? And it's just the fact that we've not got enough quality in that squad. And again, that's a separate issue, but I think yesterday was just down to the fact that they put in so much during the week. And you could see 60, 65 minutes onwards that the team were done after that. Going from Sunday's game at Tynecastle to that one on Wednesday and then back to an away game in Edinburgh on a Saturday. Not a lot of time to prepare, and I just think it's clearly a bad day at the office. I'm expecting a far better performance on Wednesday against St Mirren, and I think that's going to be a challenge itself if you think about St Mirren when they came to Celtic Park last season. The Cup game, for example, I mean, they were right in it up until uh, the guy gets sent off and we scored the penalty and make it 2-0. They drew two each, and it was a competitive game after the split. And even the 4-0 match, I mean, Celtic were excellent that, that evening. Scoreline maybe flattered us slightly. No melodrama from yourself, just a bad day at the office because of the effort that we put in during the week, do you feel? Yeah, I think as you say there, it's been a, a big week there with 
all the travel going through to Tyne Castle, then back to Celtic Park, then Easter Road. Brilliant, you know, I love all that. No, I, I do think it was just a, a bad day at the office. Um, as you say, they're, they're putting a lot of effort, obviously, on the Wednesday night against Atletico Madrid that was the same 11, pretty much, given that Hitati went off so early in that game. And I mean, I, I certainly think that the reaction, albeit, as I said, I don't look at social media much these days, has been much less than it perhaps was for the 0-0 the against St. Johnston earlier on in the season. I think a lot of people were treating that as a bit of a extinction event. But you remember at the time, Stevie, I, I did remain rather calm after that game and I'll be the same after this one as well. So a, a bad day at the office, but I, I fully expect us to bounce back on uh, on Wednesday night, albeit, as you say there, it will be a tricky game against a, a bang-in form St. Mirren side. don't know if it's down to the fact that the... The nights are drawn in, as they say now, Dan. But um, honestly, yesterday I just felt shattered watching that game. I just felt exhausted, like the first 10, 15 minutes. Set the tone, Ralston coming on, and then when the subs were made, just found myself slouching into the couch. And at least in that game, when we drew against Hibs in February 2022 under Ange, I had the benefit of being in the pub with Hamish. And uh, I remember had a few bevies as well. In fact, I was a terrible state that night. I think you might know the way I ended up at McDonald's that evening. Nevertheless, please don't repeat anything on the show. It wasn't just me, was it? It was a really, really terrible game of football. Probably the worst of the seasons so far. Way worse than the St. Johnston one. Yeah, far worse. As we sort of said earlier on, um, the St. Johnston game we did at least create some pretty good and significant chances in the game. And really, it was a finishing that let us down and a... A very good performance as well from their goalkeeper on the day. Um, yesterday, again, as we've said already, just very pedestrian, very slow, and, and generally just lacking in any real real quality in and around that final third. So no, it was a, a very, very boring game to watch. And as you've said there, obviously, we had the, the 0-0 under Ange Easter Road with the 0-0 in the COVID season under John Kennedy as well towards the end there. So we seem to play out these really terrible Nothing each straws at Easter Road every so often, but um, I say fully back the team to to bounce back on Wednesday night and um, and hopefully our uh, next trip to Easter Road is a, a much much happier one. I think that will do for this episode. I'm going to be exhausted editing it, more exhausted than I was actually watching that game yesterday. But I think you're going to be watching some couch show tonight while I'm slaving away at this laptop doing this nonsense. So. Is it Milan and Napoli tonight? What do you think the score's going to be? It is indeed. It's uh, Napoli-Milan, actually, Stevie, because it is down in Naples. I don't know so much about a, a scoreline, but Milan's recent record against Napoli is pretty good. They knocked them at the Champions League last season. They had a, a win in Naples in the uh, in the league last season as well. So Napoli not really looking like the, the team of last season, albeit AC Milan a doing in midweek. But that can happen. But I, I expect them to bounce back at I think... Uh, I think Milan will uh, pick up a, a big three points down in Naples this evening. Thanks to Dan for coming on. I'm sure me and him will be back at the pub doing it, only here for a visit this week or maybe next week, certainly before he goes to Tenerife again. Hopefully he comes back from it alive and well. You can listen to us on every podcast platform, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Podcast Addict, wherever you listen, we'll be on it. All you need to do is search GigPod and thanks very much for all your downloads and listens lately. It's really appreciated and it's helping us out a lot. Thanks to Greg Taylor for listening to the show as well. What a guy. We'll be talking to you on Tuesday when myself and Nudzo, as I say, drop a wee special episode for Halloween. So until then, see you later on and hail hail.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.